sacred rituals, and a cosmic community to enchant your mystical life. This podcast feels like soulful conversations by the fire and under the desert stars, as if you are hanging with your best friends, talking about purpose, the cosmos, and the divine journey we are all on. My name is Anna Alic, and this is the Topanga Moon Podcast. This is Topanga Moon Podcast, your moon-loving, desert-loving, (laughs) cabin-loving podcast. And yeah, so happy to be back on the podcast. I think I say that every week, and it's true every single week (laughs) when I say it. Right now, I'm recording this beautiful intro right beside my garden that I've been tending to and it's just so satisfying to grow your own food and be able to have yummy nourishing meals from your own garden I highly recommend anybody do that I mean I knew nothing nothing about gardening before this so yeah and the garden is thriving and it feels really great I love to podcast in front of the garden I feel like the energies and the vibration that I get from the garden and that the garden gets from me sharing on the podcast is mutually beneficial. So this week is my birthday week. I am a Gemini sun, Gemini moon, Libra rising. So I'm quite the Gemini (laughs) and it's Gemini season and this is my birthday week. So happy birthday to me. This is a really fun time. I am still in this beautiful lake community and get to spend my bir- birthday with my boyfriend and we're going to just do a beautiful hiking day all about nature and picnics and then he has like a surprise for me on Friday so I'll share that on the next podcast episode what <laughs> what we do. But yeah, it's going to be very nature-filled and doing everything that I love and just simple and beautiful and I'm quite excited about it. And what have I been into lately? So um, I've been really into finding old houses and just looking at real estate for old homes. I've discovered this really fun YouTube account called Our Restoration Nation. So anyone who's into like super old century homes, Victorian homes, all those kinds of like hundred plus year homes, there's this couple from, I think they're from either Kansas or Arkansas. I think Kansas. But they have been doing restoration for these old homes for like 20 years and they just started a podcast or they just started a YouTube channel like about a year ago and they take you inside home tours of all these like really cool places in America and they'll like buy places 
in states that they're not from and save them and like bring them back to their original form like they're not about flipping they're all about preserving so it's like preservation or restoration and anyone who is like a geek that like me (laughs) that's into all of this stuff like go check it out I just continuously watch these videos and it's so fun and um the the woman who runs this who she's like you know her husband is behind the camera and she's kind of like doing a talk show style almost like a home design show with it and she knows so much about the history of these homes like every little detail and I'm learning so much about architecture and home design from those eras and how things are made it's just really fascinating to me at least so if you're into any of that kind of stuff there's also this podcast I just discovered called true tales from old houses and they have some fun like episodes about like home restoration and there's definitely this trend of people buying kind of like old or like abandoned style century homes and then fixing them up and that's definitely my new dream I know I always talk about living in a cabin but now I also want to have a Victorian home where I'm basically living out like my practical magic fantasy life so yeah go check those out if you're into all of that but that's kind of been my current fascination I feel like I at certain points like that style has always been something that is you know been in me and that I love and I'll kind of go back and forth between like that style and like the desert style and then then like the cabin style and it also relates to what I'm wearing and my wardrobe choices but yeah it's um it's really fun so I'm very much into that kind of like romantic floral um old world like design at the moment and I just want to like design all my dinner parties like that and my clothing and go and check out old houses and small towns so that's kind of what I've been doing (laughs) so yeah um we have a beautiful podcast episode for you today I am so honored so happy I think it's just such a a beautiful way to celebrate my birthday week as well to be joined with Leah Hughes who is a holistic healer and human design reader And she is based in London and we've been kind of online Instagram friends for a while and her work just really speaks to me and is so authentic and true and she teaches about whole self healing and living an aligned life, energetics, human design and really goes into this to the story of how she transitioned into this way of living which is more of a remembrance of what she was like when she was a kid but it all stemmed from discovering that she had stage four breast cancer and that moment really instigated this journey for her to find her own way of healing and living a whole self healing life and diving into different healing modalities and we get into all of it and she shares everything that she's learned and the lessons that have come up and really seeing that moment in her life as something that was you know 
obviously a difficult moment, but uh, a transition for her to really go back home to herself. And we discuss so many beautiful things about energetics and healing your body in various different ways really listening to your intuition because that was a big thing that helped her discover this as well and you'll get to hear the whole story of of how that unfolded in her life and I'm just so honored that she was able to come on the podcast and speak about her journey and her story and um, just you know where she is right now and what has happened to her over the past couple years and how much she's kind of come into herself and all of her offerings and her teachings and radically shifted her life in such beautiful ways and how she's helping other people do that as well now. And it's just such a great story. And then we get really into human design because we're the same profile number, the five one. So if you're also a five one, we go real deep into the 5-1 profile and the mysteries and the misunderstandings of the 5-1. So that's going to be really cool to listen to. And then we talk about some summer rituals and energetics coming up for the summer season, um, cosmic inquiries about the summertime and the beautiful things happening around the solstice. And we also talk about clearing your aura and how important it is to have that clear channel for the things you are intending, the things you want to create in your life. And she does a beautiful job of describing the different modalities and how we can really clear our aura and become magnets for what we want to bring in. So I hope you enjoy this beautiful episode. She also has a podcast out, a new podcast that I highly recommend. It's amazing. Um, I I love it. It's already one of my favorites. It's called The Whole Self Podcast, and I'll have all the links in the show notes. So I hope you enjoy today's podcast episode with Leah Hughes. I'm so excited to have you on Topanga Moon Podcast. This is Leah Hughes, and she's a holistic healer, human design reader. Um, And we're going to talk about whole self healing today. I'm so excited to have you here to talk about that. I'm so excited to be here. I can't wait to have this conversation. Thank you so much for inviting me on. It's going to be so beautiful. I know it. And I wish we were closer. (laughs) So we can, you know, in person. Um, Yes. And you're in the UK. Yes. In London. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, So let's just dive in. Let's, let's get into your journey. So I would love Mm. to hear your journey, the pivotal moments, everything Mm -hmm. that brought you to this integration and realization of a whole self way Mm -hmm. of living and healing. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's like just the ultimate way of life from my experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, so yeah, my, my journey's a long one. Um, we're in for it. It's, We're here for yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Where do I begin? Um, so I, if we, if we kind of, if I take you right back, um, I, so say like 10 years ago was working in, um, was working in fashion. So I, I studied fashion 
I wanted to be a fashion designer. I'd always wanted to. I was like super creative when I was younger. I was really kind of like passionate and very, um, was very sure of myself and very sure of what I wanted to do. And I went to fashion school um, with the intention of being a fashion designer and graduated, moved to London to, you know, live my dream. And which you know, is an amazing place gold. for that right yeah well it's the only place a mecca for that yeah for for, I think for us in the UK it's Mm -hmm. it's really the only place that you can go yeah um so I'm originally from Liverpool which is in the north of England okay cool um so yes there are some opportunities there in terms of fashion but it's not it's not great um so yeah I moved to London I it didn't turn out in the way that I expected it to and um, I ended up working, moving into more of a creative management role. So I worked for different fashion brands within their kind of creative departments. Um, so it was a good job. And I, you know, I enjoyed it. I had fine, you know, it was, it was good money. I had, you know, great responsibility and I had great teams of people that I worked for. So on the surface of it, I guess I was, I had everything, everything was sorted. You know, I had the good job and mm-hmm. I was flying all over the world. And, you know, I was, I had everything on paper. Um, and then throughout my twenties, I think I kind of got stuck in that, um, in that career and on that kind of rat race of, you know, saving up to buy a house and, you know, all of the kind of dreams that we think we should be aiming for, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, marriage and kids, and you know what we go through in our 20s what we think we should be working towards um and I was on I was very much on that journey and I think throughout that process chasing that really disconnected me from myself Mm. um and I think I was aware of that throughout my whole 20s I was aware that I was becoming further and further out away from myself away from my true self my true essence Um, but I just was so, so far into this way of life that I just didn't really know how to stop it. Um, especially when you have all the things on paper that people are like, you've succeeded, you're on your way. Like you should be excited about this life because this is what everyone should be aspiring to. So that's hard. That's a really hard place. It's really hard. Yeah. And I think, you know, with the the circle of friends that I had at the time, you know, I was like the successful one and I was, Mm -hmm. you know, doing it all and I was on my way to all of these dreams. So to then turn your back on that is, it's just a really hard, it's a really hard thing to do. Um, so I didn't, and I carried on and I carried on in that, in that, um, in that career. And I was working really long hours that just didn't really suit me. Um, I was working for people who weren't very nice, <laughs> to mm-hmm. be honest. Um, you know, I had a few, I had a few kind of managers who weren't the nicest of people, and I kind of went through different, um, you know, went, had had different jobs that didn't treat me so well. Um, and I just put up with it, and I just kind of carried on. And actually, what what happened in that time was that I developed really bad digestive issues. Mm. Um, at one point in I think it was in 2012 I had a spontaneous collapsed lung um wow 
yeah and I just went through I started to kind of feel really anxious and stressed and I think you know within that world it's very accepted as normal to feel like that like people Mm -hmm. that's just part and parcel of life right you feel stressed and anxious nobody likes their job everybody's a bit stressed it it was like working super hard is like you know a stamp it's an achievement yeah 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was very much that person. Like I was praised for how hard I was working and yeah. how, and how strong I was to kind of, you know, to, to do these jobs and, you know, still, even though I was stressed, I was still showing up every day with a smile on my face and that was commended. Um, so yeah, I kind of just, I think I just carried on with that life thinking that that was, that was as good as it was going to get. And, um, I, yes, so in 2015, I found um, a lump in my breast um, and went to, the, went to my general practitioner, my, my doctor, who said it was nothing to worry about. I was 29 years old at the time. It was nothing to worry about. I was too young to have breast cancer. There was no family history. And yeah. so she said, don't worry about it. Carry on with your life. And I did. I went straight back to work. I carried on with that whole life um I've totaled for another two and a half years yeah yeah Yeah. so I carried on for another two and a half years and ignored it um because I'd been told to by the people I was supposed to trust Mm -hmm. um and I think that's you know it was me presenting something that I felt was wrong about myself like I had had that feeling that this isn't right like I know in my body that this isn't right Mm. and then I was told to not trust that and to listen to them instead so and at that time I did because it was more convenient for me to just carry on with my life as normal so I yeah I carried on and um you know, work got more stressful and life kind of got more stressful. And then eventually in 2018, so just over three years ago, so it was April 2018, I was finally referred to a breast clinic to have the lump looked at. Um, and it was, it, was, it was me that kind of pushed for it in the end because I think yeah. I'd gotten to a point at the end of 2017 where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I am yeah. falling apart. I was you know, suffering really badly with other, other issues, like small issues, but you know, when they all kind of like build up, um, and the contract that I was working was coming to an end. And I was like, I really need to take stock of my life and really start to improve what is happening and find a new direction and figure out who I am and what I need to do. Cause this isn't working for me. And part of that, part of me starting that journey was to go and get this lump checked again mm-hmm. um so it was when they then said yeah okay let's send you a for, for a referral and wow. yeah I was diagnosed with breast cancer and by that point it was stage four so it had already spread wow. um because it had been there for two and a half years so wow. I've um, heard your story yeah. before and it's still like hearing it again like really feels so impactful mm. you know and I think it's just so beautiful. And I'm just so honored that you're sharing this with, with me and with mm. everybody, because it's something that other people can really know that like our intuition is so important to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah and I think that's um for me it was a real it's it's interesting because obviously that kind of diagnosis is never nice mm-hmm. um there's nothing nice about it and it when it first happens even for me um it was a horrible period like of my life because your your life yeah. turns completely upside down um and you know especially when you're stage four because you know the prognosis isn't great the um it's just not a nice situation to be in and especially for someone who I was 31 when I was diagnosed so it's very um although now I realize that it's more common than we think it is and um, because I have a lot of friends who are you know a similar age to me going through the same thing but at the time wow. when you're diagnosed you don't think about that being something that you have to worry about at 31 no um, when I'd been diagnosed with breast cancer three weeks before it was um it was going to be a very straightforward process of we have chemo and we do surgery and you know all of the normal things that you expect and then you get to stage four and things look very very different um so for me I think it was a real um after that initial shock I think for me just realizing that my body had told me that this was happening two and a half years before and I think that that was what then started me to think started me thinking wow, my body's been telling me for a long time that something isn't right. When I started piecing all of the puzzles together, the the diagnosis, the the first time that I found the lump, the collapsed lung, the digestive issues, like everything that had happened, it was almost like my body had been trying to tell me for 10 years that I wasn't on the right path, that I was doing, that I needed to, I needed to stop and slow down Mm -hmm. and take a look at what was happening and I was just ignoring it. And it was almost like stage four cancer was as bad as it was going to, it was the biggest message that I could possibly be given. Yeah. Something um, that you undeniably cannot ex- ignore. Exactly. Yeah. You're forced. You, there's, there's no way you can ignore it. You are forced no. to stop. Um, you know, you can't, we, I, I mean, you can work, but it's in the environment the job that I was doing, I couldn't, I couldn't no. physically do anymore. I couldn't travel the world anymore. I couldn't, um, work 12 hour days whilst I was having treatments. Like there was, it was, it very much forced me to be like, stop and have a look what's going on. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Like it was, it was really that stage four diagnosis was really the catalyst for me to actually start living my life the way I should have always been living it. Um, so yeah, it's difficult to, because like I say, it's not a nice thing, but at the same time, it's been the best thing for me. Um, it's such a gift to be able to hear that, um, hear that message and be able to start looking at my life differently. Yeah, definitely. Do you ever think about, um, even some of the beginning messages that you got, uh, you know, preceding this of the, of the digestion and mm-hmm. the throat, if there's any energetic connection to, mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think there totally is. You know, I think, um, that I've, I've done a lot of, um, through a lot of the healing work that I've done, there is a lot of, um, blockages around my throat mm. like energetic blockage around my throat and around my chest yeah um 
and that genuinely comes from me feeling like I was never able to be myself I was never able to express myself so through the work that I was doing and I like I say I always knew this I always knew that I didn't feel like my whole self in those environments I always knew that I'd become disconnected from this person that I used to be Um, and I was no longer that passionate outspoken um confident child that I used Mm -hmm. to be and I was kind of silencing myself yeah and that was a lot of healing that I had to do and you know with and even with my gut you know I mean we'll go on to human design I'm sure but knowing yeah like sacral yeah the sacral authority like you know it's it's crazy when you know how everything kind of connects um but it's interesting like having um experienced IBS for 10 years Mm. um and since having cancer and really taking a look at my life through like digestive um digestive health like looking at my gut health but doing different therapies and doing energetic healing as well that's completely gone um wow yeah I know um it's so so powerful but yeah, there is, there's definitely, there's, there's so many connections. I mean, even down to the fact that like, you know, different, um, you know, how our organs hold different, um, emotions, like it's where we store different emotions in different organs. Mm -hmm. So my, um, my, through my diagnosis, it was found that the cancer had spread to my bones and my liver, um, and liver is where we hold frustration and anger and it's it's interesting because that's something that I used to say every time I'd had a bad day at work or something had happened I just used to always be like I'm so frustrated is and that, then obviously is that then, you're not self yeah oh, yeah wow yeah I know and even when you know oh. I mean my boyfriend my boyfriend is very um you know he's not he's not totally on board with all the um <laughs> you know he kind yep, of he's yep, interested yep. and he kind of stays on the sidelines but he's he's not ready to kind of go full in but even he is fascinated by you know some things and when I explained this the frustration connection he was like that's what you used to say to me all the time and I was like I know because that's what that's what I've I've been living in that not self theme and it's shown up and manifested itself within the organ that holds frustration mm-hmm. um so I think that's with, for me, as all the dots started to connect through all the different um, healings that I was doing and all the work on myself and like really kind of reflecting on um, what was happening to me, um, I really started to realize actually this is all, this is all down to not, not living my true authentic life. Yeah. Wow. That's just such a powerful story and powerful remembrance for people to hear and to Mm. really listen if they're um, struggling with something um, to start to piece together any energetic connection. Mm -hmm. And this leads me to something that um, you've talked about and I think is just so beautiful is how we talk to ourselves is so mm-hmm. important, is so mm-hmm. important. So mm-hmm. I'd love to dive into that a little bit. When you were going through this healing journey, did you start to recognize what those thoughts were that would 
be creeping in beforehand? And how did you start to shift that? Yeah. Do you know that a really great example of this is actually like through, through my diagnosis. I, so I was asymptomatic when I was diagnosed. I, I mean, I had extensive cancer within my liver and I had no idea. I was not sick. I had no pain. I, there was no sign, you know, I had a tumor in um, my left shoulder. There was a tumor appearing on my spine, like, and I knew nothing. Like there was no pain at all. And I don't know whether that was because there was so much other stuff going on that I almost couldn't feel the pain underneath Mm. all of the other issues that I was dealing with. Um, But what's really interesting is like when I was diagnosed, I started to feel pain in the areas that told me that I had cancer. So I'd, I almost, and it was, and I think it was through, it was through me telling myself over and over again, like, you've got cancer, like, you've got cancer here, like, and it was all of the words that I was talking and all of the ways I was talking to myself was very like, this is bad. This is really bad. What you've got is really, really bad. And it's not, um, you know, I mean, some of the things that you think of when you go through that. Um, I can't even imagine. It's just, yeah. And you tell those things, you know, even whether we speak them or not, if we think them, we're telling our bodies, Mm -hmm. you know, so you don't even have to speak them out loud. But if you think those thoughts over and over again, that's the same thing. You know, you're still, you're still telling your body. And it was really a moment where I, it was probably about a week after I was diagnosed that I, felt really sick and then I thought to myself wow hang on you didn't feel you felt fine a week ago so why why do you now feel why can you now feel the pain of this because you were fine a week ago and it was in that moment that I thought do you know what I need to stop telling myself that I have this like I need to stop confirming that I have this and start actually thinking no this is not mine I this is not what I want to align myself with so and and it and it stopped you know the moment that I started actually talking to myself um in a positive way and really starting to affirm the future Mm. um, and affirm the life that I wanted and affirm the healing that I wanted I didn't feel it anymore because I wasn't I wasn't telling my body that it needed to feel it um and then I think yeah like you know, you can look back, you know, and that's the thing is like, even with that example I used before about frustration, the amount of times that I would say, I'm so frustrated. I'm so frustrated over and over again. So your body's going to feel that even more because you're basically Mm -hmm. telling yourself to feel frustrated. Um, and when you realize that, you know, it, it does, it's not about kind of stopping stopping feeling what we're feeling you know we have to feel what we feel yeah but I think when we can make that shift to to say okay yes I'm feeling the feeling of frustration but how can I change this like how can I make this a a, a more positive feeling for myself like where is the positive within this Mm -hmm. um to to kind of like it's almost like to reassure 
to reassure our bodies that we're okay right mm. like I think that's one of the that was one of the most powerful things to me was like god I've been so hard on you wow and it was that real mm. kind of connecting connecting back like my mind and my body because I think I'd been live I'd been ignoring my body for so long and I've been so up in my mind of like go 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 get these dreams like you know you need to you need to be out there and you need to hustle and you need to do all this stuff and and actually thinking god like poor you like I've ignored you for so long and it was it was actually thinking you know what I need to be your best friend again like we need to connect and I need to talk to you nicely and I need to treat you nicely because Mm. we're in this together um and I think when you start to feel that connection to your really connect to yourself you can't help but say nice things right (laughs) it's hard to say yeah it's hard to say negative things to yourself when you love yourself so much so it it, you know it kind of it it's it's a side effect everything's a side effect of each other you know I think um I think of the work of of Joe Dispenza and Mm. his you know heart and brain coherence and all of that and I also think that you were you know you must have known some of these principles before that moment, right? To, yeah. to really, mm-hmm. um, or maybe it was a remembrance because you feel like such, a, such an old soul that has all this wisdom and knowledge already that it was like mm-hmm. that event just had to open you up to your, mm-hmm. your true essence and your true way of being and you were able yeah. to implement it. And even the acknowledging of like when you – when you found out certain places that had the, the tumors and they started to, you know, become painful just through the mm-hmm. acknowledgement and you were able to redirect that. And I think that's mm-hmm. such a powerful, beautiful message. And I'm just so grateful and thankful that you're, you know, you have your podcast and you're sharing your mm. work and you're, you know, working with people as a holistic healer because it is such, um, important beautiful work that you're doing in the world through Mm -hmm. this experience through this through alchemizing your experiences Mm -hmm. which is so incredible yeah i would love to hear some of the um healing modalities that you discovered during Mm -hmm. this time anything that maybe you never knew before kind of once you recognize this kind of event and now you're shifting and retraining your mind to have this beautiful, you know, connection with yourself. Were there practices? Like what was your daily routine like? What are some of the beautiful modalities that really assisted you on this journey? Yeah, it's interesting you saying about me kind of connecting back to like me already knowing some of these things because that's yeah. so true. Um because that's who I was when I was a child. And it's interesting. Oh, wow. Like, I, yeah. So, you know, I, it's, it's really interesting going back home now to my childhood home and seeing all of the books that I used to have. And I, you know, I like the oldest crystal that I have, I think I got when I was like 14, I used to wear a crystal around my neck every day. I was like wow. that kid that was a bit kind of you know, everyone thought was a bit odd because she had crystals and she was into Reiki. And like, you know, I always wanted to, I had like dream books. So I was always like trying to kind of understand people's dreams. So I was, I was always, that was always the path I was on. 
It was totally the path I was on. And I think it was that it was, if I can pinpoint it, it was definitely that time when I went off to fashion school and I moved away from home and kind of connected with a whole new bunch of people that didn't, I didn't think were going to get me. So I think there was definitely an element of me shape-shifting to fit in with, Mm -hmm. it was, and I think it was quite conscious. It was very much a, a conscious and you will know this as a as a five one as well. This is very oh, wow. like five yeah. one profile I can't wait to get into the five to do, one. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, because we so have this projection we, field, you know that. Yeah, yeah, and we're and we're very aware that some people won't. Um, some people we we kind of we sort of feel like some people won't like us for who we are because they project onto us and we can't deliver. So wait and and it's probably happened so many times in our life that we unconsciously start to protect ourselves like we we start to kind of shut off parts of ourselves and not get too close to people all of the time because we are aware that we sometimes can't deliver what they need from us Um, and I think there was a little bit of that when I went when I went off to university and I was all of a sudden um yeah with all of these people and I was like oh I don't know whether I don't know whether I'm gonna fit in here so I know what I'll do. I will just shape shift into the person that I need to be to fit in with you. And it's, you know, it worked and I've, you know, still friends with those people now. Um, but it was very much kind of ignoring that, that true self. So yeah, it was, it was very much a connection back to things that I'd known before. And I think that was actually quite a moment for me to think, you know, one of the first things I started to do was inner child meditation and healing because I knew there was a lot of inner child um trauma I guess that I needed to unpack um and through doing that I started to remember who I was when I was younger and I was like oh god you have everything you need like you know you know this stuff just go back start pick up where you left off and just start to kind of move forward so there were some things that were definitely already part of my life um and you know yoga meditation I'd always been a part of my life just not in the same way so some of the things were about picking up um, old or existing healing modalities and just turning them into what they needed to be for me now Um, and that kind of then opened up as I became more open to it and kind of you know yoga led, led to different kinds of yoga so I kind of explored different types of yoga and what was going to work for me meditation um became a daily practice yeah um and then from that breath work started to come in and that's been super powerful to me mm-hmm. um for me for for my healing and that's something that I've now kind of trained in because it's been so powerful um so breath work's been a big one for me in releasing energetic blockages for sure um and is that like the kundalini breath work so i mean different different, different types of breath work yeah. so somatic yeah like a yeah like a somatic breath yeah. work but the the breath work that i've just trained in is um holotropic breath work which is oh i've never um, heard of that one yeah so it's uh it's quite, it's very intense, okay. <laughs> very intense, but it is, it's super powerful. So it's not, it's not a breath work that you can kind of, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not a breath work that you would, 
naturally kind of do on your own I guess it's it's more of a kind of facilitated breath work so it's very much about energy healing Mm -hmm. and using that holotropic breath work as part of it um but it's really powerful because it really it's a breath work that really helps us tap into our subconscious so as you are kind of moving through an energy healing you are tapping subconscious brain to help start to shift things um so yeah breath work has been huge for me and just really kind of like practices that have helped me tap into myself and tap into my intuition so um i mean you know picking picking back up with kind of crystal healing which is something that i was so so interested in when mm. I was younger um tarot obviously human design has come into it and then there's yeah. a lot of you know um for me like physical healing as well through Ayurveda um and Chinese medicine so acupuncture and I've literally done it all I I just I spent the first sort of six months of my yeah. diagnosis exploring everything that I possibly could um, to find the things that fit with me. And I think that's what we, you know, that's the best way to do it. Right. Yeah. And to see which ones align and really, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you're excited to do, cause there is that piece of being excited by something and mm. knowing that that's, you know, more yeah. so on your path, especially cause you're, you're a generator, right? A manifesting, manifesting generator. generator. Okay. Yeah. So kind Similar. of the same, like, Similar. you know, yeah. You still yeah. need to be lit up by things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into human design then <laughs> because mm. this is such a cool topic. I remember when I first found human design and I'd love to hear how you found human design oh. because as soon as I found it, it was like everything made sense. Everything that I felt shame about before or felt bad about myself before totally yeah. went away. Because it was like, oh no, I was just working energetically differently. Like, for example, I was always doing jobs because I am a generator and I can go for hours and hours and hours, but I was doing jobs that really didn't light me up and were draining my energy and life force. And I was fresh, you know, being frustrated in those moments and not understanding why it wasn't working. Um, when I started to figure out that generators need to be, you know, lit up by something, but also responding to life and that life will always be bringing you things gave me Mm -hmm. such a sense of freedom. Um, because I was like trying to, I was trying to be a manifester essentially as a generator. Mm -hmm. Um, forcing things, right. Being like, well, I'm just going to make it happen. And I was always, Mm -hmm disappointed when it didn't work out and not understanding why. So when I found human design and especially then finding out about five one, and I really want to hear more about this <laughs> because I know that it's such a misunderstood, interesting profile yeah. to have. Um, it just felt like, wow, I, I'm, I was just seen like somebody saw who I am and I can, I have the authority to live this way now, which is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I totally, totally resonate with what you've said. Cause I think that is, and that's such a powerful way to explain human design because that's essentially what it, what it does for everybody is it, mm-hmm. is it almost gives us 
a license to be who we are. Um, it's like a permission slip that someone gives you to say, it's okay. Like everything about you is yeah. absolutely perfect. Yeah. It's exactly as it's How supposed to be. Just yeah, yeah, just align with this and you will be fine. Don't worry about anything else. And it is so freeing. And I think that's what I... So I found human design... I've always been, um, you know, really into astrology, to knowing my own signs in astrology. Um, and what numerology. are So I'm a Leo, Sun, Virgo rising, and a Libra moon. Um, so Amazing. I, and you know, like just any personality test that came my way, I would do like Myers-Briggs or, um, I've forgotten what the other one's called that's super popular, but like, you know, I, I was always trying to understand myself. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I always felt misunderstood. I felt misunderstood for like, since I was, since I was a teenager. Me too. Um, me yeah. too. Yeah. And I was, I um, always, it was like this thing that kept me kind of um, not emotionally connecting with people because I always felt misunderstood. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, yeah. So I've, I've always chased these different, um, these different personality tests. And then I came across human design as part of that. It was just something that came up probably about a year before I was diagnosed. So maybe like four, four years ago, four and a half years ago. It was the first time I came across human design. And I think a lot like everybody, I looked at the chart and I was like, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. But I do not understand what I'm looking at because it's so, it's such a complex thing an overwhelming thing to first see. And I was like, I don't have the time to understand this right now. So I'll just take the top line bits. They kind of make sense, but I didn't really know a lot about it. Um, and it was when I was diagnosed and I was going through this period of I need to figure myself out um, and kind of starting on the spiritual path that human design kind of came up again. I was like, okay, I need to really spend time looking into this. And I had the time because I wasn't working at that point. Um, so I spent time going into it. I had a reading done and I was like, wow, I, I, I make so much sense. Everything about me just makes so much mm-hmm. sense. And like you said, there was things that I thought were, wrong about me you know things that I thought weren't right things that I thought were bad things that I'd been led to believe in my life that were negative parts of me Mm -hmm. and I always knew that they weren't like I always thought I don't feel like this is a negative thing like I you know other people were perceiving me in a way that I didn't understand um sometimes yeah you know other people's projection onto you telling you what they think you are what they think you're good at what they think you're bad at and you're like that doesn't make sense to me like that isn't that isn't what I think about myself um so I get that a lot with my family yeah 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 like growing up yeah and and them always uh assuming things and um thinking that the path that I'd chosen is just so wrong for me and all of those mm-hmm. kind of things. And I yeah. uh, went along with what, like I studied science and that was because of them wow. and doing all these things. You know, I worked yeah. in a hospital yeah. for many years also because it was what I should do and I was mm-hmm. good at it and I got the work done and I was able to, you know, do that job you know um yeah and I was working in the ER so it was like long hours like 
you know, totally opposite of what I am doing now. Obviously there's reasons and I think I was meant to be there, but it was always this projection of you're like, you're going to be the doctor of the family. You're this, you're that. And I always felt so creative in my soul and never feeling like I could satisfy that until now. So I completely agree. Everybody, yeah. even, even to this day, people project onto me. But now yeah. I know well, what's happening. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now you can see it for what it is. And I think that's the, that's the beauty of human design is that it gives us it gives us an awareness about ourselves so that we can we can see what's happening around us and we can we can understand the responses we're having to things and understand um when to stop and when to relook at things when to realign like it almost gives us like these little cues to say like when you're feeling this it's not the right path for you so you know like you were saying before about the self theme and the not self theme we know that when, as, uh, as an MG and a generator, we know that when we feel frustrated about something, it's not a negative thing. It's just yeah. a sign that something isn't right, like something that's happening isn't quite aligned with you. So it kind of gives us that alarm bell to say, mm-hmm. oh, I'm frustrated about something. What is that? And yeah. we can then stop and think, oh, okay, yeah, it's because I didn't really want to do this and I'm doing it anyway and I need to kind of finish this task up and move on because this is frustrating me and that means it's not right for me Mm -hmm. um it's so powerful yeah and I think so that's why I through through looking into my own human design and really starting to kind of live aligned with that and noticing that life just felt so much easier was then when I started doing it for friends so I was like let me let me look into what your human design is and and before you knew it they'd kind of told their friends and then friends of friends and I was doing all of these regions and I was like okay this is this this is lighting me up you know and I think I got to that point where I was like this is really this feels great to me like I feel good doing this and as a manifesto generator that's something I need to lean into um so that's why I then started doing it um for clients and now do regions for people and okay so what is the five one and okay. why are five ones so misunderstood and mysterious? <laughs> okay. So yeah, this is a big one because I, I yeah. Well, because the, I, the creator of human design is a five one. Mm, mm-hmm. Ra Uru Hu. Yeah. At least from what yeah. I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting because when I first started looking into human design, um, and I was looking up profiles and I was looking at like YouTube videos and stuff. Um, and actually the first reading that I got done, <laughs> the, the person who did the reading for me basically told me that she didn't really like people with a five one profile oh. and, and all the things, yeah. And all the things that I'd read and researched, people were like, Oh, you know, like, yeah, five ones. Um, they just never really had anything very good to say about five ones. So I was like, I need to look into this because I don't understand why, people don't like us um or people have a people have a um yeah people see us in a in a funny light and actually what I realized is what that that the fact that people don't necessarily see us in a good light or the fact that people sometimes dislike us is a perfect example of what uh, what it is to be a 5-1 um because essentially what those people were doing were projecting 
what they wanted us to be and we weren't delivering what they wanted and Mm -hmm. instantly that can turn people on a five one so essentially that heretic part of us that fifth line Mm -hmm. is you know is that kind of that teacher and that leader and you know almost like a bit of a people put this kind of hero complex onto us Mm -hmm. that we don't even necessarily ask for we're open to it because we naturally want to help other people like that's what we're here for we naturally want to teach people and lead people but people almost they see that and especially as if you're a sacral being so you're an mg or a generator you have a really you have the the most open aura anyway so you are constantly attracting things and people into you mm-hmm. and then you're a five one so then they come to you and they project onto you and they're like i need you to help me with this this is the person that's going to save the day this is the person that's going to be this for me or that for me and because we have that one line as well that first line we can be that person because we we want to investigate and we want to do everything we can to help and we want to dig into it so if someone comes to us with an issue we will naturally be like yes i will help you i want to help yeah. you i can help you let me figure it out for you and let me you know i'll i'll sort it all out if for some reason we can't live up to what they need us to be people can turn on us very, very quickly because we almost go from being this hero to like, I mean, people describe it as going from like a hero to a devil. Like people can turn very quickly and be very disappointed in us. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's through no fault of our own. It's just their, you know, it can, it's just their projection. It's their projection onto us and us not living up to what they expect us to be. Yeah. So they become disappointed even if we haven't actually done anything to disappoint them. Like, you know, um, and I don't know about you, but that really resonates with me. Oh, it resonates with me so strongly. And as you were explaining that, I was thinking about my my acting career. And Mm. just imagine someone going into audition after audition after audition and not being, you know, being a 5'1 in my energy aura and not Mm -hmm. being what they anticipate that role to be. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just, it's always been um, an interesting dynamic in that world for me where I've found that yeah. I've had to really create a lot of my own projects. And right. if I am cast in something, it's like I was the only choice. They're obsessed with me, like that kind of idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And actually, five ones are... Um, because we have, because we do have that ability to shape shift into what people need us to be because we want to, we want yeah. to, you know, and I think that's another thing that is sometimes misunderstood is like people think that we, we are the chameleon because we're trying to kind of like, um, lead people the wrong way or yeah, something. Like- and actually what it comes from a place of us wanting to change who we are to be the person you need us mm-hmm. to be because we we care so deeply and we want to help so badly. If you need me to be this person in this scenario, I will try and be that for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually what that makes, there's a lot of actors apparently that have a five, one profile because it makes you very good. (laughs) Yeah. So Jennifer Aniston, I know is a five, one. Oh, Um, that makes me so happy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And there's a few, I I, I heard a while ago, someone, um, someone I was listening to was saying that actually is quite a common, common profile for an actor because you have that ability to true. Yeah. 
who really understand what you're doing and really get to the detail because you've got that first line. So you want to, it's not even because you have to research it. It's like you want to, like you want to go deep and understand all of the details and understand exactly how everything is going to work. And then you've got that shape-shifting ability to be who, whoever you need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's quite, it's That's quite common so cool. to, be, to be an actor or an actress. Yeah. Oh, I love um, that. But yeah, it can be, it's very, so that, yeah, it's very, it can be very misunderstood. And I think five ones tend to find that because of that, because people um, do turn on us so quickly that throughout our life whether it's conscious or unconscious we start to protect ourselves um so what generally we find is that later on in life a five one might not have as big a social circle as they maybe did have when they were younger or maybe they never have because maybe they've always been aware of it but I definitely know with me like what I've found is that I've I've my my social circle has been smaller and smaller like my my close friends have become smaller and smaller so we're very good at being the people who we're very sociable people because we want to kind of like you know we want to be there with people and hear what's going on um but the moment that we feel people getting too close we kind of put the protection up because we're aware that we might not be able to live up to what they want us to be Mm-hmm. Um, so it becomes this protection, this protection shield that we have, and it's almost like to protect us, but also to protect them because it's like I don't want you to be disappointed in me. So yeah. it's easier if we just keep a distance and we just keep our friendship here. Yeah, yeah, I feel that on so many levels. <laughs> like I have like a you know, when I was growing up, I always had like a couple close friends. I know that for a period of time, I had one best friend, and. Mm you know, for, it was just such a blessing that I felt like she could actually see me for who I am. Because for the most part, like you're saying, um, yeah, it is this difficult thing where sometimes I'm being perceived as like not emotional, like not Mm -hmm. having emotion because it's that keeping it at arm's length that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Because you almost become a little bit, um, yeah, it, people can see it that way. People can see it as if like she's a bit standoffish. And I know that I, I get that sometimes when I meet new people, um, people can think, or certain people, um, and what you, you'll usually find is that people with certain profiles see you in a different way. So there are certain profiles that we connect really well with. Yeah. Um, who we, feel, we naturally feel really safe with. And then there's others that we don't. Um, and often those people with certain profiles will kind of come into your aura and you can kind of be a bit like, I don't know whether this is going to work. You instantly will feel like this energy. I don't know whether this is going to work. I think I'm going to disappoint you. So I'm going to keep you at arm's length Mm. and it can make other people or certain people see you as a bit kind of standoffish or, um, yeah, a little bit like you don't really want to, people can kind of, yeah just see you as someone who doesn't really want to get involved or doesn't really want to get to know them and actually from our point of view it's like it's just safer if I don't yeah <laughs> like, it's, it's just, like I just it's just easier for everyone yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's like I'd love to but I just know that this is going to go horribly wrong I can already see it in the future so totally. I'll just stick with the people that get me um totally. so yeah there are so there are a set there are a few profiles that we we do really um 
we do really get on with. And, um, and I've actually found that the, it's true for me. Like the people that I kind of connect with the most have certain profiles. So oh, and what are those some profiles? Of my closest friends have the same profile. What is the profile? So the, the profiles that we connect with, the ones that we connect with the most are other five ones. Um, because obviously we we understand each other. We get each other, right? And, I get um, you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like there's no need to explain. I understand who you are. I, totally. I get this whole vibe. Um, and two fours we really get on with as well. So oh, okay, nice. Yeah, and I think that comes from that, like almost like the second line in a two fours profile just doesn't really need us to be to be that hero. Like they kind of because they've got that the two is the hermit. So they're kind of like, they'll come out and get information from us and then go away. Like they can kind of, uh, they don't expect too much from us at once. Yeah. So it's like, like a nice. Has a two. Yeah. Makes so much yeah. sense. He has a two profile. Exactly. So yeah. it's in like a nice little dynamic. Yeah. Uh, and then I think we get on really well with other people with a, other people with a fifth line as well. Like, you yeah. know, other kind of profiles have a fifth line we will get on with because we're kind of like, yeah, yeah I see the, you. <laughs> the fifth line feels like a very strong line. Like it feels like an, an energetic kind of intense, yeah. strong line, at least for mm-hmm. me. Um, yeah. Especially when it comes to yeah. the, the five one, the one as the investigator and just kind of doing the research, you know, that seems mm-hmm. a little bit lighter to me, but the five as yeah. the heretic, I mean, even being called a heretic. Yeah. Yeah you know yeah exactly like, okay yeah I know I know some of the some of the names are a little bit um yeah a little bit old school they need to be changed there are a few people I think who are starting to kind of play with different ways yeah. of describing them which is quite nice True. um and I think the the latest one of the ones that I recently saw was like they called the fifth line the teacher line which mm. I think it just sounds nicer so it I think we'll go with nicer. that um but yeah also like you will feel that energy you'll feel the energy of the fifth line stronger than the first because that's your conscious side yeah it is. Um, yeah but also what's really interesting about a five one is that it's a it's one of the transpersonal profiles so it's not we are all about other people and all about kind of being whoever we need to be for the world like we're here to kind of like help the world rather than learn our own lessons yeah um, yeah you know, all the information that we gather, all the things that we teach, all the ways that we support people, it's all about how we can help other people, which is why sometimes I think it can feel a little bit, um, it can feel a little bit rough when people don't understand us because we're like, we're just here to help you. Like, like, we're we're just just here to help everyone. We're just trying our best to help everyone and it's not going well. (laughs) I know, I get so offended when, when, you know, someone comes to me and thinks I did something wrong or whatever. Or even sometimes there is a little bit of that fear when I'm, you know, posting something online and being like, is this going to be received? Like, are people going to understand this? Because it's that fear of being, being judged which is yeah, totally. a real thing for us. Um, wow, yeah. So interesting. I would mm. love to ask you, cause this is kind of a theme that's coming up for me right now. Um, and then I want to get into kind of your summer plans and, and like some fun summer mm. rituals and routines, but in terms of our aura, because, you know, as a generator, um, I've been starting to understand that it's more about clearing the aura to allow Mm -hmm. things to come in to respond to. But even beyond human design, I'm really Mm. feeling this idea of 
really just being more of a clearer channel and clearing the aura Mm. instead of trying to make your manifestations happen, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, um, what are some ways, because I feel like energetically you've explored so many beautiful different modalities Mm. and things that have really, you know, you've alchemized so much in your life. How do we clear our aura? How do you clear your aura? Um, just some yeah. you know, daily things that we can maybe start to do to really hmm. clear the path. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are, I mean, there's so, there's so many different, I mean, obviously we can, we can look at kind of, um, there are ways that we can do that with incense or with crystals to kind mm. of clear negativity out of our aura. Like that's a really powerful way. To, to do it you know there oh, are incense. specific crystals that we can yeah, and crystals. yeah 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 exactly that totally that is such a great way of clearing the space around you which especially for as a generator as anyone who is a sacral being who has that open aura that's really important to do it all of the time because otherwise it's almost like we're kind of wading through fog like we have to clear it out otherwise yeah things won't see us so you kind of have to see yeah, it like it that like it's like if you're get stuck or like yeah. can't come through for some reason yeah exactly yeah. because you you've almost filled it with you if you've got too much too much stuff you know i think it's you know if you kind of think about um I mean, there's so many analogies that you could use for this, but like if you are someone that has a really open aura, I mean, we've all got an aura, but obviously from a human design perspective, there are people who actually have closed auras and, you know, a, a different a different openness. Um, so for us, we are wide open. We are completely open to everything that wants to come in. And so it's it almost kind of the way we have to see it is if we if we fill that space and we don't clear out all of those things, those people, um, any energy that comes into that space, mm. if we don't keep clearing that out, then it's almost like the things that are meant for us are just going to float by because oh, they can't yeah. see us underneath all of the other stuff. So we're almost burying ourselves underneath this dense aura of other people's energy that we don't need. And I think we can. there's ways that we obviously can protect protect our aura so that we don't if we're going into certain situations or if we're going to meet certain people for example like I do um I don't know if you've ever done this but the the kind of like the um I always forget what it's actually called it's kind of like it's called like the egg of light meditation I do like a white white light protection so if I feel like I'm going into exactly and I I just kind of say it um, quietly to myself, mm-hmm. like white light protection. And then I just see exactly. all this white around me, but yeah. 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 And that's a really powerful way to just stop things from coming in. If we know that we're going to be encountering energy that just isn't good for us. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, energy that comes in and gets stuck within our aura, um, will show up within our body so it will show up in you know it will get stuck in different chakras or um you know through our meridian system so i think you know whatever whatever modality feels good and works feels like it works for you is the thing to do but i think you know things like breath work and tapping is a really like eft really helps just mm. kind of like clear clear that negativity out 
um yeah i mean things i mean even like like modalities like acupuncture if that's what you know essentially acupuncture is for is to kind of like release that out but um breath work is another great way to clear energy out of our system i'm so fascinated um, by the breath work that you were talking about yeah i feel like that would be a really powerful one yeah it is it really is um because that really does go deep into all of the things that we're holding on to mm-hmm. um and it helps us really tap into why and it go you know you go through a chakra healing meditation at the same time so um you're tapping into each chakra and you're working on whatever energy in, and stagnation is stuck there and just really kind of like squeezing it out and just really kind of working it through your body um because yeah that the, you know and i think from a human design perspective when we look at what energy centers we have defined and undefined we really have to work on clearing out anything that we have yeah. any center that we have undefined within our system is is extra important to really put practices in place that help with that specific space um so those are the ones that are undefined so the white yeah exactly okay exactly because that's where you're essentially a sponge to the universe so anything that's coming into your aura so say you you encounter someone who's having a really bad day which actually i did today (laughs) um (laughs) um and i really soaked up her energy to a point where you know it really kind of manifested in me in in a not so nice way um and we have to be really protective of that and we have to find ways you know for me it showed up within my undefined emotional center um and it's really about kind of knowing what practices work for you to help really shift that and for me it was having to sit down and actually meditate and move those move those energies out that weren't mine um, because we're constantly soaking up stuff that isn't for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is really just about cleaning house every day. You know, just we need to just kind of reset ourselves every single day and just be like, just get it out. Um, you know, and I think it's, yeah, there's, there's so many different ways to do that. I mean, yeah. we, could, we could go on yeah, about so many but those, all the examples you gave are so amazing. I'm going to start, mm. um, I'm going to look into that breath work and yes. really, I'll send you, I'll send you some stuff, please. Because, yeah. um, that lit my sacral when you started mm. talking about that one. So mm-hmm. I know it's the one I'm supposed to be using right now. Cause I can yes. feel, uh, haziness and blocking in my aura at the moment Yeah, when it comes to yeah. career. Like I specifically okay. know. So okay, yeah. <laughs> so that's, funny, but yeah. But that's interesting. That's good. That's good that you can. That's good that you yeah. know. You know, that's good that you can feel that because you know where you need to where you where you need to work on that. Yeah. Um, and I think that I, you know, this is what I say to a lot of people is like the the most important thing before you start trying to clear energy out is to actually start to understand yourself and start mm-hmm. to hear yourself because that's when we can really. Otherwise, you're just kind of going blindly into into this yeah. world, um, and potentially you're untapping things that just you're not ready to untap yet. You know, there's there's things that yeah. you know we have to kind of play gently with with some of this energy that's stuck with us because we don't know what it's going to uncover. Um, 
and that's why something like you know holotropic breath breath work is is um so useful to do with someone because it's Mm. it's all about kind of like integrating whatever is coming up um so yeah it's you know as we kind of yeah yeah is it's it's been really powerful for me so it's definitely one it's definitely worth checking out okay amazing um (laughs) so I want to I mean there's so many of the things that I feel like I couldn't get to but you'll have to come back (laughs) on the podcast but I do want to get into kind of some of the energetics coming up in summer I know that there's a lot of energetics happening right now are there any moon phases you're looking forward to there's a strawberry full moon coming up and any Mm. like summer summer rituals or energetics tied to what's happening this summer season because Mm. it's always a time that um I mean I'm a Gemini so I'm in my season I'm lit Mm. up by kind of like I'm going you know my my mind is going overdrive right now but in a good way where the sun is really activating my my cells and all of that kind of stuff so I'd love to hear some of your summer rituals what you're looking forward to and what we can expect with some of the cosmic happenings. Yeah. Well, summer solstice is just around the corner, right? I'm so excited about that. Yeah. And that's, you know, summer, summer is, summer is a really, I think summer solstice is, is, is one of the biggest um, ceremonies of the year, really. I mean, it's such a big thing here in, in England anyway, because it's very kind of like, it's very pagan um, so we, yeah. you know, there's big festivals that happen at Stonehenge. Like it's very, very widely celebrated here. Um, but I, it's my season. Like summer is my season. Yeah, because you know, I'm a, I'm a Leo, Virgo rising as well. Yeah. Um, so it's it's the time where I really feel like I come into my own, and I think it's, um, like I definitely feel really aligned with the seasons, especially now. And I think there's just, there's this element of like, at the moment, there's a lot of kind of like creative projects brewing. Like, I feel like that's true for everyone at the moment. Like we are all kind of like everyone, there feels like there's a lot of kind of like stuff bubbling under the surface at the moment. And there's a lot of people kind of birthing new projects and like really exciting things happen. And I almost feel like summer just becomes this time and I don't know whether it's just because I'm a fire sign that I feel this, but I think everyone kind of feels a little bit like this, but it's like this time where we really like come alive. Like yeah. we can really kind of like step out and um, really start to play and just be a bit more um, experimental with what we're doing. Like it feels like things just become a little bit, um, yeah, not necessarily like, easier but just just more um I don't know there's more passion there's more kind of um there's more energy you know obviously like the sun comes sun. into it's this you know we are all just feeding off that sun energy and I think for me summer becomes this real time to really start connecting with nature again you know I think um I think that is a really powerful thing to do in the summer because we do we want to soak up that sun energy and actually just like connect to the world around us a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, come out of our kind of like hibernation and just really embrace, embrace the world. Um, it's really interesting because our, in England, the, um, all of the, 
lockdown restrictions were supposed to be lifted on the 21st of June, which is summer solstice. So it was like a really wow. pivotal kind of yeah. like, wow, this is going to be amazing. And I think they're actually announcing tonight that that's not going to happen. So it's, um, so it's kind of, we've, yeah, it's going to be pushed back, I think to July. But at the time when it was announced, I was like, wow, this is really kind of powerful. Cause it's like, it's really like, let the doors open. Let's just go out yeah. and just soak up the world yeah um because I think that's so needed for summer and I think that's something that's definitely something that I it's really a time I think to just connect and I think it's it's a time to really connect with nature which then really helps us connect with ourselves as well um because we are you know we are one yeah. um yeah. with nature and I think this gives us a really powerful time to to see that and I feel like healing can be accelerated in that time with connecting further yeah. with nature um, mm. and connecting to the sun and how much mm-hmm. beautiful healing we get from the sun. And yeah. not just like healing on a physical level, but on an emotional level and connecting to our intentions and the burst yeah. of creativity. And that's what you were saying, which I totally yeah. resonate with of, yeah. you just want to be out there making things. I'm like, I just want to go make a flower arrangement or I just want to like yeah. do all these yeah. beautiful things. And I have some ideas for the the summer solstice, which I'm excited about. I always do rituals on, on those nice. like pivotal moments. And yeah, especially right now doing rituals outside in nature is- yeah so powerful and so incredible and and kind of connects you to those energetics with our with our natural world which has so much healing for us because it almost feels you know nature I think in the summer has this has this vibration about it which is just different Mm. to any other time of year you know you can almost like you can feel things starting to wake up in spring but in summer it just feels like the ground vibrates differently like and I think just soaking that up and just being in that and absorbing that for yourself just helps us kind of you know vibrate at a higher level and I think you know it is important to have that sense of like fun and play in this time and I think it's something that so many of us you know we don't connect with the seasons enough because we are our life is one big season, right? When you're working nine to five and you're working in like a certain job, like you don't, you don't notice the seasons because every day is the same. And I think whatever you can do, even if you are in that scenario where you're working, you know, you're working a job that is the same in every season and you're still working nine to five, Mm -hmm. any way that you can incorporate a little bit of ritual into your days, whether that is just first thing in the morning going out and just getting some sun like first thing you do when you wake up whether it's with your coffee or whatever you know like whether you go meditate outside or whether you just go in yeah yeah, just take your coffee out and just sit and just listen to the birds and just feel the sun and just absorb it you know it's five minutes and I think there are simple things like that that we can do even if we don't have that freedom of you know being able to do big rituals or go to kind of um circles or ceremonies or whatever um yeah I think I think whatever we can any little rituals and practices that we can put into our day is useful 
Um, well, I love to end the podcast with a little game that I call Cosmic Pings. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's just whatever kind of idea or message comes to you when I ask you, you know, these quick kind of questions. So we'll okay. get into that now. Um, all right. So the, the first one it is, what is your favorite scent? And what does scent mean to you? Oh, oh, do you know what? The, the, the scent that's just come to my mind is geranium, which is one of my favorite yeah. yeah I don't know why I don't know why that's just come to my mind that is one of my favorite scents and I don't I don't really know I think that's more of a it's there's a memory associated with geranium um so yeah that's a really I love that smell that's mm-hmm. it's a real it's a scent that really kind of like helps me connect I think just from from a memory um and I think scent scent is so important because it is it is that it helps us connect to certain things within our life and it, it helps strengthen our senses. You know, I think mm. anything that can help strengthen our senses is a way to tune into what is happening in our body. Oh, um, that's so good. That's so good. Mm. I love how you just described that. Um, I may know this answer. What is your favorite time of year? <laughs> Summer. Yes. <laughs> The summer is definitely I'm not technically a summer baby definitely but I feel like I'm a summer baby like I even though I'm right before it starts summer but I feel like I'm a summer baby Mm. so a place in the world your soul longs to visit um it's the place I've been before but it's definitely a place where I feel like my soul is um at home is Bali yeah Bali yeah, is my soul yet, home. I need to. Oh, I need to. You need to. I you need, need to. to. You will mm-hmm. love it. It's it's a place that I just I, my heart aches for it mm-hmm. every day. Um, so I can't wait to get back to Bali. Yeah, that's so amazing. Do you believe in aliens? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> okay, cool. I don't really know. <laughs> Me too. I don't. I don't really have. <laughs> any knowledge about aliens or but I just do you know what I don't know anything about aliens and I'm a little bit scared to know about aliens and I know people who are really kind of interested in it the reason I believe in aliens is because I just don't think that there is any way that anyone can believe that we are the only people a thousand percent in existence yeah like it's just it's just inconceivable to me that we think that this one planet in this one universe in you know it's just yeah there has to be there has to be something else going on out there I am fascinated by aliens Um, yeah so I am as my one-line researcher I am researching about aliens I I write a lot of scripts about them just because it's just so we don't know and Mm. I love diving into things that I just don't know about yeah I mean, yeah, I am anytime there is a documentary or anything about extraterrestrial life, I am all over it. I like, I want to know everything that I possibly can. Um, I just find it fascinating. Yeah. And I just think, I think before we know it, we will find out that there is something out there. Yeah. We have to. I agree. Yeah. Um, so (laughs) for you, the universe is. Oh, wow. Um, 
for me, the universe is oh, a land of possibility. It's mm-hmm. just a, it's the universe is everything. Um, yeah. When I think of the universe, I just think of like this, this openness of just like complete abundance and possibility for all of us. Um, it's the mothership. Oh, I love that. And the last one is love is. Oh, love is. Um, love is what makes the world go round, right? Mm. Love is what connects all of us. Um, yeah. And love is something that I wish more of us had for ourselves. Yes, that was truly the most perfect answer. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's been so amazing. I have so many other questions for you. So you have to come back on the podcast yeah, because I feel like we could be talking about energy and healing <laughs> no. and all of that because it's truly like my favorite thing to talk about. So yeah, <laughs> me too. So I mean, we didn't even really fully get into food and like energetics of food yeah. and that would be so. You'll oh, have yeah. To come back. But um. Mm-hmm. For everyone listening, where can they find you and your beautiful new podcast and all the details about yes. where your you know energy is popping up? Okay, amazing. Um, so you can find me on Instagram and it's Leah.livingfurther. Um, my website is livingfurther.co.uk. Um, and my podcast is called The Whole Self Podcast. So you can find links to that on my Instagram. Um, but you can just type that into anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yeah. Um, it's a baby. It's only, we're only four episodes in. Um, but yeah, but it's, it's amazing. One. I love your podcast. You're mm, just such a natural you. teacher and speaker, you know, obviously five thank one. You. Here. Um, yes. <laughs> it's such a soothing podcast and I'm just so grateful that you've created the podcast and you're sharing your message. And I know that even in your first message and we didn't uh, first episode, we didn't really talk about this, but you have such a, you, you put it so beautifully. It was like, you know, we really need more topics and conversations around wellness and whole self being. Yeah. And we can think that this it's saturated, but we just need everyone's unique voice to continuously talk about that. And I thought that was such an important message for me to hear and for other people to hear. So I love that. Yeah. It's so true, you know, like we, there's never, there will never be enough conversations until everybody knows. Yes. You know? Yes. It's so beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being with me here on the podcast. It was so beautiful.